Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of our podcast. I'm joined here once again by Leachy and by Rooster. Say hello, guys. What's hello, up, guys? <laughs> you do that every time, Leach. I swear. <laughs> every single time. Like when I'm listening to these back, <laughs> I always say, say hello, guys. And you go, hello, guys. <laughs> Look at me. I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> every single time. Um, so we've not done you one of it. these for a little while now. We're on episode 11, and it's June. I'm going to do it like I do every single time we do one of these. Leachy, we started this back in December. That was seven months ago. Seven. Can you believe it? Mate, in, in less regards towards the podcast, I just can't believe how quick this year's gone, given how much of a shit show it's been so far. Very true. It really has. Um, and to everyone that, you know, all two of the people that are listening, I hope you guys are all keeping safe. That's me and me again. Um, yeah. Just make sure you're keeping safe and following your government guidelines. So, you know, we're going to start off in a very, very normal format with this one and just go for the what have you been playing recently. Uh, Leachy, I'm going to start off with you this time. So kind of what games have you been playing most recently? I know that, of course, you've uh, recently updated your entire rig to... You know, tell us all oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, um, so uh, I think I mentioned a, f- a few podcasts ago that I'd upgraded my entire, like, actual racing hardware. Um, so from a Logitech wheel up to Anatech. But since then, I've also moved from some silly little, like, £50 cheap wheel stand to a full-blown, like, sim racing rig uh, from Next Level Racing. Uh, a cheeky little name drop there. Sponsor us, please. Um... <laughs> <laughs> please. Uh, please <laughs> yeah um very very happy with it like absolute game changer um just the the fact that i no longer roll away when i hit the brake pedal <laughs> game changer <laughs> um yeah as such obviously with with the new rig and everything i've been playing a lot more of my uh my sim games and stuff uh back on the formula one games at the minute actually i, I spent a lot of time away from them because i kind of got sick of the sport as a whole uh, it kind of just it got so micromanagey and just it's just a procession of cars like they, they, you know it got kind of boring and I got more into uh, endurance racing and GT3 and that kind of thing. But uh, I have been really enjoying Formula One the last couple of days. Um, I think that's what I'm playing more recently. Um, on a completely different spectrum, then uh, I recently picked up Breath of the Wild after honestly bagging on it for no real reason for months um i dabbled on it on my brother's switch uh about a year or two ago um and i only played it in like handheld mode which does not do the game justice it's like not at all i'm not a big fan of handhelds anyway like i keep my switch primarily docked um because yeah i'm not a fan of handheld gaming but gaming on tiny screens is not really my thing um, but yeah, handheld mode for Zelda Breath of the Wild in particular doesn't do the game any justice at all. And having it on my own Switch now and being able to sit down and play it on the TV, it, it's just amazing. I've been playing it almost nonstop every day. Um, literally the only other thing I'm, I'm playing in between that is uh, Formula One and stuff at the moment and a tiny bit of Tarkov thrown in. Um, but I, I'm guessing you guys will probably touch on Tarkov yourselves because I know you, you pair have been playing it too. Yeah, um, um, I will get to that though. But in terms yeah. of Breath of the Wild, I know that you, um, I think it was 
episode three when we did our games of the decade you guys were kind of thinking that it's quite overhyped and and so on what what you know do you still feel that way now after playing it a little bit more and playing it on your terms um i generally i i don't agree when things get particularly overhyped anyway it's like um as an example the the last of us i think was fantastic but it, it does again it suffers from the you know as far as the community around that game are concerned there couldn't be a better game in the world you know mm. and I, I generally don't like when things get overhyped but my opinion definitely has changed having had a chance to sit down and spend some time playing it properly um I, I don't know exactly how many hours I've sunk into it, but like I have been spending most of the day, you know, when I'm not in work or whatever. I'm just I, I'm sat here playing games and I'm playing Breath of the Wild, and uh, I've only actually done one of the Divine Beasts so far, so I, I'm still really early in. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I'm discovering stuff that I didn't even know was part of the game. Uh, and like how in depth the weather mechanics are and the heat and cold and all that like um i don't know if you know but you can you can bake an apple straight off of a tree branch if you stand under the apple with a lit torch the the apple will bake there and then and then fall off the tree and i, I, I that really amazed me i don't know why it's so simple but it just i don't know it was like the detail of the fact that the the lit torch is a heat source it, it's not just a, a manner of light and that's it. it. It actually is a heat source. And so if you stand near an apple, it'll bake. Um, but rain can get fucked. I absolutely fucking hate it when it rains. <laughs> there's so much climbing you have to do in that game. Yeah. And as soon as it rains, you're screwed. That's a poor Linky boy. <laughs> I, I think... Um... Just that that whole game, and and you you know you touched on it very quickly. The how in depth it is, and its general mechanics are just so well put together for for a game that, you know, is considered to be, you know, I think it's like a twelve plus or something like that. It's um, you know, it, it's so very well done, so very well in depth. And, and for anybody who's not played it and is maybe thinking about picking it up in a sale or something, just do it because it's a great game. It is a great game. Yeah, that, that's a fair point, actually. Like, you, you think of the game sort of target audience, and yeah. they're the kind of audience that don't appreciate the tiny details, and yet they, they went to that depth anyway. Like, they wanted their game to have those details, and so they are there, and for those with the keen eye that can appreciate that stuff, you know, it is nice to see. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, stuff like that is why it gains such a you know a, a large hype train because it was so popular maybe it's those little details and the fact that the world is so vast and you know you've got different biomes and there's different ways to play it and it is so so very focused onto these little minute details that actually that's why it became so popular and it's one of the reasons that i loved it because of you know those minuscule details that maybe you would end up missing or just the general there's so much much stuff in that game that you could easily miss 70 yeah, percent of it, it strikes me as the kind of game that does require multiple playthroughs to really notice things it's like when you watch uh you watch a movie or something or like the the second or third time you you know you notice bits of dialogue or background details that you didn't quite spot the yeah. first time around and i feel like there's going to be a lot of stuff to continue to see even on your like third or fourth playthrough like my brother is an absolute nut for zelda he's played it through multiple times um and he literally, it, it's kind of nice to see, actually, truth be told, because he's 
he's got his sort of his games he enjoys, and they're mostly single player games like Mafia and you know, Zelda and stuff like that. Um, he doesn't play a lot of multiplayer games. Um, but he also sort of, he puts himself down a lot about his knowledge of games and his gaming ability. But he's literally he stood in in my room the other day while I was playing Zelda, and he goes, "Oh, bring up your map," and he just goes there, 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 points to a load of places, and he's like, "Just go there, and you'll find cool shit." And he knows that game like the back of his hand, and it's genuinely so nice to see. And to be honest, it's nice for me to be the noob for a change. Like, it's weird. It's kind of nice to hear for him to have that opportunity to to teach me something about a game for a change, rather than me being the gamer that you know I know my shit and you know might show him something. But he puts himself down so much about the games he plays and that. It's just nice that he's actually now that I'm playing a game that he knows. Like the like, just I don't know. He he's, he must have played over hundreds, hundreds of hours because he has played it through entirely multiple times. And yeah, it's, it's uh, there is something nice about the fact that he's just he's got all this knowledge just stored of the game. And even he said he was like, "Wow, like I didn't realize I remembered so much shit about this game." Yeah. And yeah, that, that that's that's been a nice thing that's come from playing Zelda. To be fair, because yeah, obviously you know he's my brother. At the end of the day, we chat and you know we play games together sometimes. But we have differing tastes in games. You know, I play a lot of multiplayer games, a lot of racing. Um, you know, Tarkov stuff like that. It's all stuff that he's not interested in. It has been quite nice to have Zelda as a an opportunity to chat and you know have common game interest. Yeah, and he's you know he was laughing at me because I uh, I fought my first Lionel the other day and he was just in hysterics because I struggled, man. I fought <laughs> <laughs> like I had like four maybe five hearts and I struggled, <laughs> and he was just like ha ha noob. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it was just kind of nice to be on the receiving end of that for a change. And you know, give him an opportunity to to be the the, the pro kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's been a nice little thing to have come from uh, from buying Zelda because again, it was like I was just sat here the other day and I I was bored of what I was playing and I was you know uh, what can I buy? I checked my bank account and I'm like ah oh, shit like I'm a tiny bit off. I was literally like eight pounds short to buy Zelda, and uh, he just. He just offered to chuck me the eight quid. He didn't even ask for it back. He just he paid that eight quid for me. And you know it's been worth it, man. Like it's, it's it's a great game, and it's been a nice little experience, you know, to have that common interest for a change. Yeah, so, I completely uh... understand what you mean. It's the same with, I think a lot of people, especially with the Switch coming out, people are having that come common ground of common game interest like um lauren for example my partner she's you know she's not a massive gamer she played a bit of Fortnite and stuff but animal crossing has really given us that kind of nice gaming connection together yeah um and i think more and more people especially within a family dynamic are absolutely getting that you know a lot more adults are maybe um having that connection with their children because of animal crossing because it kind of bridges all of those gaps it's the same with stuff like uh, legend of zelda and and so on it's, yeah that's what nintendo are good at they're good at kind of bringing families sort of together we we saw that with the wii and stuff like wii sports and everything that was a very family eccentric sort of system and sort of game and, and i feel like the switch is doing that again uh just as you kind of describe um we'll move on quickly then and uh roost yeah, will go I through roost what what did what have you been playing recently um, so, like all of us, we've all been uh, playing some Tarkov together. Um, but other than that, the primary games I've been uh, playing around with 
Uh, Battlefield Five. I've been getting into that um, a bit recently. Trying to enjoy the new content that it's dropped. Obviously, uh, development for that game has now been ceased. So they dropped a, a load of content that was planned to come out throughout this year that was already finished. So rather than let it go to waste, they just dropped it all in one. So we got, a, I think we got about like 10 new weapons and you know, things like that. It was quite, quite a hefty content drop. So been enjoying that game for what it is while we wait to find out what uh, the next Battlefield's going to be and if they can really recover the shit show that has been Battlefield 5. As much as I love the game, the development and the updates of the game has been a shit show. You know, changing the TTK to make it faster and then slower and then faster and doing this and going back on it and doing this. It's been all over the place. Um, other than that, I've been uh, surprisingly uh, with Halo Infinite essentially right around the corner. Uh, I've been getting into playing some more Master Chief Collection and really enjoying some of those uh, older games, but back on PC now. So, uh that's uh, been great. Uh, me and my partner have um, decided that we're going to play through the campaigns of all the Halos on PC, uh, ready for Infinite, obviously excluding 5, which we'll have to play on the Xbox. Uh, but that's been uh, quite enjoyable because she's never actually played Reach before. She's played um, 1 through up till 5, um, but just had never played Reach. So uh, that's we decided to start with that. Uh, and play the games in chronological order and so she's been enjoying that because it's a, it's a new experience uh, On and then on the side I've been playing quite a lot of um, the multiplayer of it, she's not really a multiplayer fan herself so she's only really playing the campaigns but uh, to be fair that's for the most part that's been it as far as what I'm actually been playing it's been not a wide variety um, the past couple of weeks to be fair okay, fair I think um, playing it chronologically is it would be really great to see. And just, I mean, for me, Reach was my favourite. Oh, I love followed that by Reach three story. Um, yes, it, it was just Reach was just so so good, and the fact that she's never played it and gets to experience that again for the first oh, time, yeah. I'm so very I've, jealous. <laughs> I've been so excited. Like when when we were considering it, and we were saying, you know, like with MCC coming to PC, you know, we can sit down and we can play we can play through the campaigns together. And everything, and I was just here like, oh, I can't wait for you to play Reach because it's my favorite campaign. I absolutely adore the Reach campaign so much. Like, don't get me wrong, I haven't got anything against any of the other Halo games. They are all absolutely fantastic, yeah. excluding the obvious. Um, but Reach was just something that I could play time and yes. time and time again. And just, I love the campaign. I love the characters. I think that's what makes Reach so good halo's always been a very good game story-wise for building characters that you can love and appreciate you've obviously got master chief and cortana but like, i think anybody who's a fan of the um halo franchise like could never say they don't love keys almost as much captain keys is almost as as great of a character and things like this she's always been good at developing characters but reach just took it to a next level by having Noble Team and it not focusing on Chief, it really allowed for some really good character development um, throughout Noble uh, with Noble Team in general. And, oh, I'm just so excited to continue playing through it with her and as she experiences the horror that is to come. <laughs> oh dear. That she does not know about, which is the best part. 
She is <laughs> not like she's actually like. What the heck just, has she avoided spoilers for this long? That's the thing. The, the main reason that she never played it was just the game sort of passed her by. At the time of Reach coming out, she wasn't really into games, so she was never really in the the scene to have yeah, it spoiled. Sense. So she's just sort of. And then by the time she really got into playing games and started playing Halo and. Um, actually decided to start with Halo 1 and, and and play through them all, apart from Reach, obviously. Um, just people weren't talking about yeah, Reach anymore. Spoilers was gone. And like... So, yeah, it's just, just sort of by chance she has managed to come into this Halo Reach story completely blind, which is just great. Absolutely yeah. great. Fair enough. Like I said, I'm, I'm so jealous she gets to experience that all over again. It was just... It is a fantastic campaign and really sets the lore up quite nicely for what you already know. And it, yeah. All through and through, just a brilliant game. Um, so, what have I been playing? So, since the last podcast that we did, there was a lot of mention on the Tarkov wipe that was incoming. And actually, that came about, I think, a lot quicker than certainly I was expecting. Yeah, um, yeah. And as I know that you guys were as well. But uh, when we when I talk about Tarkov in kind of this format or in our Discord or anything like that, I'm easily the person who's sunk the most hours into Tarkov. Oh, yes. Uh, I bought it in March. And... <laughs> like the last one of us to get into it. And you yeah. <laughs> played it for. Um, I, I got it back in March this year. And since then, I've, I must have sunk about 500 hours into it. I know a fair bit about the game now, kind of you know what maps to go where and kind of what items to get where and where's the best locations for x y and z and you know stuff like that it's still a game that no one i think will ever fully understand you you take the likes of some of the biggest streamers like pastilli for example again he's somebody who's put hundreds of thousands of hours probably into that game well, not hundreds of thousands but hours and hours and hours into that game and he sits there and says he still doesn't know the game like nobody will ever know that game and it's the classic cliche, there's always going to be a better person than you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, with, with that kind of wipe, it what the wipe did is it just wiped all of the servers and everything and all of the databases and everybody gets reset back to level one and everybody's got to progress through the game again whilst they add in different pieces. So that And they, they change the way that the economy works and they change the way that the player flea market works. Um, to make it kind of a little bit more difficult. But in turn, they also reduced some of the difficulty in upgrading like your hideout and so on. Uh, so that's pretty much been my focus over the last few weeks. I've just been playing it nonstop. I think I'm about to hit level 32, where Leechy's still not even level 10. <laughs> level 6. <laughs> um, and that's that's really where all my time has been going. I've been streaming it a little bit and, um, you know, I... I did a video on Star Citizen and on Tarkov as kind of like they're both in development and, and what my kind of experience with development games have been like, which, you know, they're all positive. But, you know, I dabbled in a little bit of um, Jurassic World Evolution the other day while streaming. That's that's it. I think that's the only other game that I've really picked up. I, I, I've tried to play Valorant as well since that got released <laughs> yeah that's been very difficult to try and get into um they're having i know they're having a lot of issues with pika's advantage for example um you should get your seed updated new season of that dropped yesterday no thanks i'm good 
I can't enjoy Siege. I don't know what it is. I just can't. Like, the, I no have like, a mental can. block. I, it, I just can't stand <laughs> it. takes it. a while. It does um, take a while to get into Siege. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the boring one here and say nothing but Tarkov. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's been the last few weeks to, for me, is work and Tarkov. But, um, you know... Monster, please, battle sake. Nikita, <laughs> <laughs> please. Please. And uh, anybody who doesn't know about Tarkov, um, they're currently doing a Twitch event. So if you have your game account linked to your Twitch account and you're watching a streamer with drops enabled because they're going through... I think it's fantastic what they're doing. They're going through... Um, about 12 days or something of drops and they're not doing it for every single streamer they're doing certain streamers on certain days which is actually allowed kind of these these other streamers that are that are kind of popular with tarkov but a lot more viewers and hence they've had a lot more followers a lot more subs and everything like that and it seems to have only been a positive thing coming out of the community which is yeah, um it has been brilliant really really great for those streamers and and you know what it's doing is it's deliberately overloading the servers at points so that BSG can test a lot of the kind of the the service stability, which is just not good right now. And um, it, but it's giving them opportunities to improve the game. And I don't know if anybody watching this follows them on Twitter or Facebook or anything, but constantly every other day they seem to be announcing the amount of cheaters that they've banned, the amount of people that are purchasing. Um, like money outside of the game and then they're doing a fantastic job to try and stop people from exploiting or cheating and um, it, it's good to see a a game company do that and really focus down on that even at this stage in their they're calling it a beta but let's face it it's an alpha they're still implementing so um so yeah that's that's pretty much been me so um, we'll quickly move on to that and we'll talk about the, the big event that's happened recently. The big event of last week. And that was the PlayStation 5 announcement. Yep. Now, um, we all watched it together because, you know, we're, we're kind of sad like that. We, we were all in Discord. <laughs> we all had it up and we're all kind of just watching it together and yeah. commenting on what's going on and everything like that. And um, for, for anybody who doesn't really watch this, you should know that we we definitely prefer Microsoft to Sony. So there are times where we are very biased, and I will admit that now. But nonsense, booby Ben. It's <laughs> yeah. The announcement itself, I wasn't all that impressed. Not not just from the game console itself being announced, but the the get, kind of some of the games that they were announcing. Some yeah. of the I think the, a lot of indie. Indie. To, so to start it on a positive note um, and get that out of the way, because <laughs> uh, I think they did a better job of delivering what was expected than the Microsoft event. Yeah, 100%. It actually being solid gameplay. Like the, the trailers were gameplay trailers and things like that. It, it just, the actual trailer structure and what we saw just felt nicer than the microsoft event if i'm honest i mean i feel like the microsoft um gameplay reveal event big quotation marks around that um just didn't sit right it left a sour taste whereas whatever you think of the games themselves and of the console reveal i feel like it definitely did a good job of giving us what we expected and what we wanted to see 
regardless of whether the games were to your taste. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Their entire structure was pretty much yeah. bang on. I mean, it was it was a, it, it was, was a trailer extreme. shapes, trailer shapes, trailer shapes, and yeah. um, it it was. You know, they did a really good job on structuring it. Actually, it was nicely structured throughout yeah. the entire piece, and um, it was interesting to see kind of their take, especially following the Microsoft gameplay reveal. Uh, so yeah, I, I do completely agree with you on that front. It was structured quite nicely and they did deliver what people were expecting, I believe. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about the first like 10 minutes of the reveal. We were all kind of sitting here watching it and there were there were kind of you know, they were throwing up a couple of shapes and stuff. This, these were the shapes from the classic X, uh, Xbox, PlayStation controller. You know, the, the X, the square, the circle, and the triangle. There was a lot of kind of... I believe it was um, kind of rendering on a PlayStation 5. So all these different kind of mo shape movements and, and so on. They were all rendering on the PlayStation 5, which was really, really nice to see. They were quite smooth and, you know, there was a lot going on during some of these segments. Um, but the first thing that they announced and reveal was that Grand Theft Auto Online was going uh. to be free on the PlayStation 5. Uh, right, okay. Um, <laughs> Three generations. Exactly. The, this game came out on the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. I'm, I'm, I'm unsure of what yeah, the I, team thought the new game last gen yeah all, all all i can say is that finding out the gta 5 was now also coming to the next generation of consoles didn't fill me with excitement no it did not it was just very kind of flat because when yeah. Ro no, when rockstar came up sorry go on um honestly i'd have been more excited if they pulled a similar thing to bethesda and just had like the camera pan over a city and just have the title GTA 6 and they Coming wouldn't have shown anything yeah. else <laughs> i think that's what people <laughs> thought was going to happen because when i was reading the chat and it was happening we we saw like rockstar games come up and everybody was like oh my god GTA 6 GTA 6 GTA 6 and like there was a little bit of hype getting Stop. on in chat <laughs> and then suddenly from grand theft auto 5 online is going to be free <laughs> with the playstation 5 who cares? It just fell flat on its face. I feel yeah. like, <laughs> like, who cares? It if... was it was attempted to be portrayed like it was this big wonderful thing, and as much of a great game GTA Five is, wasn't a huge fan of it myself, but I can appreciate that it obviously was a very good game uh, due to its popularity. But I just feel like they they tried to tell it like it was this big wonderful thing, and it's just like. No, yeah, not anymore. It was so underwhelming. I mean, yeah. like you said, don't get me wrong. GTA Five was a fantastic game. Um, it was loved by many people. I adored it. And you know what? The content that they've thrown out for it and continue to develop on it, even to this day, has you know, it's really revolutionary and, and really impressive. Um, but if you haven't played GTA <laughs> to this point and you haven't gone on GTA Online. Why you don't have any intention to? Yeah, you you wouldn't have any yeah, I'm intention not a big to do fan it. Of GTA Online, personally, and and unless they are trying to move it in a direction where GTA Six is going to be a single player experience only, 
and GTA Online is going to be closer to just it's always online experience. And they kind of split that down the middle. That's the only reason that I can foresee them keeping GTA Online going for as long as it will. Because there's just no... There's, there's just nothing else to it right now. It's it's three. It's going on for three generations. Yeah, that should I think, I not. I think that's the key thing. Like that, that is an understandable thing if that's their plan with the GTA Online just being that. And you know, when GTA Six comes out, maybe it'll come with some more content for online. But GTA Six won't have its own online. It'll just be updates to the current one. That's fair enough. But the way they tried to portray it was like, oh, you know, it, this this is coming free, but you can also you can also buy GTA Five for the you know the new PlayStation, and it's going to be great. And it's just like, but yeah, it's just not. Everyone's it. already played it. Everyone's exactly. already enjoyed it. And if you don't currently own it, you're never going to own it. <laughs> like, there's no one who is going to buy a PS Five and go, oh my God, I've always wanted to play GTA Five. Now's my time. It's just a really no. strange, strange kind of way to open your your new console reveal, especially off the back of Microsoft, you know, saying to everybody that if you own a game on Xbox One, uh, you can delivery. play it on the Series X and, and, you know, as long as it's kind of digital. Actually, not even if it's digital, you can do it kind of full stop. And, and that completely, you know, blows that straight out um, of water. So there, there is a little uh, caveat there with that. Um, so I found out recently that Microsoft are officially supporting it with all their first-party titles, I believe. Um, but third-party titles, it's being left down to the developer. Yeah, it's, it's a uh, choice thing. They can do it if they want, but if the developer doesn't see it financially viable then they might still want you to buy the game on every console. Yeah, there's going to be a mark on on the the box or the digital page that will show smart delivery. And if it's marked smart delivery, then it is like that. And as uh, Leachie just said, all first-party Microsoft um, titles, which is a lot of them these days, considering how many studios they now have under the Microsoft Game Studios umbrella, all of them will just straight up be um smart delivery regardless and, and you know that's fair um the fact of the matter is microsoft themselves are doing that if yeah. they've put that down to you know do the developers want to do it because at the end of the day the developers are the ones that have to create the game and you know smart delivery probably won't be a thing in two years time because nobody is going to be continuing to play on an xbox one so you know yeah. they've become null and void but it's all about this transition piece in terms of, you know, you don't have to rebuild an entire game library with an, with this new console. You can do that over time. Whereas, yeah. you know, trying to hype up GTA Online for a third generation console is your first thing during your announcement. Yeah, I feel like slipping it in the middle somewhere. Yeah, would have been better. But having it as the first thing we see, you know, we're all we're all sat there, we're waiting. We sat there through the countdown, like, oh, you know, here's the big. Uh, PS5 uh, fucking reveal event. This is going to be great. And then that's the first thing you see is be like, oh, okay. And it, oh, it hey, just... look, it's like game from like ten years ago. Yeah, it, it put a real <laughs> dip into the into the stream. I I feel. Yeah. Um, and it would have been way more sensible to have that somewhere in the middle Absolutely. where it was because then it would have come across 
more of a like uh oh also we're sort of doing this on the side so that's kind of cool and then everyone's reaction will probably be like oh that's fair enough that's kind of cool seeing as there yeah. is no gta 6 yet you know but with it being the first thing it's like expectations are high and then it's just it was a letdown i think if yeah. they'd opened with like the uh uh ratchet and clank or something um, yeah that that would have made a lot that would have been sense. more impactful yes absolutely because i mean ratchet and clank I, is I, a... to be honest i didn't play ratchet and clank really when i was younger but i know that it was a big i franchise. loved ratchet and clank it, it was one of the playstation uh, like... names you know it was yeah if you had I a PlayStation, played... you probably played it yeah. i played a lot of ratchet I was and one clank, of the few so... that didn't just just finding out like just seeing that there was a new ratchet and clank i was just like <gasps> what okay this is not something i was expecting so that is i agree that as a first thing would have been a good one because it was a bit of a shocker for most people uh, it was a bit of a like oh cool wasn't expecting that and it's also a first party you know it's a, it's a playstation exclusive um game so it really would have set the stream off yeah to a good start and would have got the ball rolling i i completely yeah, even agree. even the demon souls remake see that one like with obviously from software having a lot more games out on multiple platforms yeah that's true yeah that's why i feel like ratchet and clank would have been such a good heavy hitter because it is yeah, this all-time yeah. exclusive game but, it's uh, pla it's yeah. PlayStation. Uh, you you think Ratchet and Clank, you immediately think PlayStation. It's always been a PlayStation yeah. title. Yeah, it's, I mean, it brings PlayStation to the mind. But to transition into Demon Souls, as you mentioned, I am excitement. <laughs> you are the <laughs> excitement. said, I am the excite. <laughs> so we're, we're sat there watching it. And for anyone who doesn't know, I am slowly going hollow, waiting for Elden Ring news. <laughs> <laughs> we need Elden Ring news. Um, oh man, I, that was perfect. Tro trolling the subreddit and watching videos, trying to get any leak information I can, even though I know that it's probably all bullshit, but I just enjoy reading it. Um, so we're watching the stream, and I think they started playing this trailer and on the first scene i go elden ring and it keeps playing i'm going possibly elden ring i am excitement is this elden ring and i think it got to about three clips into the trailer and then the dawning realization of no it's demon souls <laughs> everyone else has just sat there like Oh, I, I I guess it is, you know, not really knowing much about Demon Souls, you guys. So this one was very much a, I was there, excited, building myself up, just like, oh my god, it's going to be Demon Souls. And then it, 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 it became more and more apparent, and then we got a couple of cutscenes, it was just very obvious. And I just lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my shit, because, simply put, I've never played Demon Souls. I've played all the Dark Souls games because I got into Dark Souls late. Um, and I've just sort of never got around to playing Demon Souls with it being a PS3 um, exclusive game. And by the time I got into Dark Souls, I didn't have my PS3 anymore. Um, so I've just never got the opportunity to play it. And looking at that trailer, I lost my mind. I was like, oh my God, am I finally going to be able to get to play Demon Souls and 
damn does it look good. Blue points are absolutely fantastic at Try doing what, what they else do. Because I know Shadow of the Colossus. Very well, but... Shadow of the Colossus. They're the ones who made the Shadow of the Colossus remake, which is very highly regarded. See, I'm um, sure I know them from something other than that. I'm going to Google it a bit quick. Uh, they've done quite a few, uh, quite a few things. But I'm I think wondering where I the... know their name from. Yeah, um, but just. I am very excited. You you were you were like um, massively excited. It, it was fun to watch. I I did lose to, my to you mind. You were just losing it. Uh, I just build, I, building up this Elden Ring, and then I realise like it was the mixed feeling of oh, still no Elden Ring news, but then realising what it was instead, I lost my shit. <laughs> Uh, and I think, um, you know, moving on quickly from that, I think I, I'm still the winner of the one frame prediction <laughs> of yes. that kind of whole reveal. Um, we, we, uh, I think it was shortly after the Demon Souls thing, and we, we saw this scene of, I think it was just somebody walking in a hallway, and I turned around and just went, Resident Evil. Yeah, oh yeah. Literally within about two seconds of the thing, and Resident Evil, and then um, (laughs) it got to the end of it. Resident Evil Eight: The Village, and I called it. Bang, done it. Now you called you called that in about three frames of the trailer. Blue Point Games did the uh, Metal Gear Solid HD collection, which Ah. is probably where I know them from. Fantastic fucking uh, remasters. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they it's, were really it's what good. they do. It, Blue Point are, ap- are absolutely phenomenal at um, doing these remasters, and I think remaster is the term to use as well because they they are very good at keeping the core feel of a game. They don't change it so that it feels like something too different, mm. while yeah, also incredibly yeah. visually enhancing it, as you, as we as we can see in the, the Demon Souls ones. They haven't just increased the fidelity of, of corridors. They've, like, really added lots of, like, weeds and, and grass and, and wildlife, you know, whereas Demon Souls being such an so old on, game yeah. was very bare. They've really made the areas look a bit more alive and, and, and lived in, which is good. Um, so... Yeah. They're very good at doing that, so that's going to be really good. You got, you got to, you know, completely hand it to those kind of development companies. I mean, if they, I, I wasn't too sure who did the um, remasters of the Metal Gear Solid series, but if it wasn't thanks to that series, I never would have played Metal Gear Solid Three, which is easily the best Metal Snake Gear Solid Eater game. Snake Eater was one of my favorite games, I think, of all time. You could and actually eat snakes. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was the whole thing, just like the the music, the really iconic kind of opening music, and yes. all the different scenes, how emotional it was, and you know those games are known for having really long cutscenes. But oh, I have the HD collection so Xbox One. Oh, well, we know what Leechy's going to be doing <laughs> then. Replay time. I might have to. Yeah, I might have to give it a playthrough. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to the um, PlayStation Five reveal. Yeah, so. With Resident Evil um, yeah. 8, 8 being announced and you know called The Village, I, I've got a strong sense that it's going to tie in very well to Resident Evil 4. Whether or not it's kind of a, a prequel to the story of Resident Evil 4 and you're playing in the same kind of village, it, it's really interesting to see where they go with that one. And I'm actually quite excited for that. You know, I've, I've not been... I was a massive fan of Resident Evil 5, and that's where I kind of came into the franchise then. I played Resident Evil 4, which I thought was just a, a 
such a good game. They did so, so well with it. Unfortunately, I've not played any of the remakes, which I know are yeah, really so well received. If you received. ever get the opportunity, play Resident Evil 2's remake. That was great. I think the thing with Village as well is it, it's definitely giving off good Resident Evil 4 vibes, considering when it came up and you immediately called it and was like, Resident Evil. Yeah. Continued watching it, and then um, I've not I've not really played Resident Evil, so I wasn't really in this discussion, but you, you two were sort of discussing, is this possibly the Resident Evil 4 remake? I um, thought it was. Or, and then watching more clips was like, no, it, it looks like something new. But, uh, and you were sort of trying to discuss whether it was Resident Evil 8 or a 4 remake, and then it came out and was 8 Village. But the fact that there was a discussion while watching the trailer just goes to show how well it tied into the Resident Evil 4 vibe absolutely and i'm 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 pretty confident that that is the same setting as resident evil 4 yeah so which is if very possibly could be which could be why it's a good thing that they've managed so to i'm, I'm fairly together. certain it's a it's a continuation of seven yeah but, yes uh there there is a very real possibility that seven because seven didn't follow six so seven's uh, Se- it's a full um, prequel, and... isn't it? Um, like it's a complete restart of the entire franchise. It's before the whole Raccoon City yeah, uh, situation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So it is definitely possible that even though it's a follow eight, uh, a follow on from seven, um, that it could still tie in with the time period that four was based in, and the area. It could. Was it, we, we just... I know in the trailer there were definitely there were reoccurring characters from uh, from Seven. Yeah, which I I, I, I loved Seven in in all of its uh, first person jankiness. Like <laughs> I thought Seven was great. I thought it was great. It was terrifying, um, like through and through. When when I moved into my flat with my partner, we didn't have the internet for about a week, um, so I just completed Resident Evil 7 and it was terrifying but it was just so good and so enjoyable throughout the whole kind of the whole game and the fact that you're you know in Resident Evil 8 I'm pretty sure you're playing the same character and um or that's what the trailer portrayed anyway and and it's got the same sort of character the same sort of aesthetic and you know that kind of first person view again it's going to bring you know the kind of the re the rehash of what they've done, the the kind of new gameplay mechanics, but bring it back to an older n- nostalgic location that is technically a sequel instead of a like a you know it could possibly be a prequel to four anyway. And actually, this village had been in that state for years before Leon even got anywhere near there. So we just don't know. Uh, you know, this is all speculation. But the fact that it's causing a a discussion like this just goes to show how well excited i am i don't know about the rest of the people that enjoyed resident <laughs> evil I, I, but... I'm, a, I'm a resident evil fan um i'm quite quite excited and i think that's just it that. did. It, the, the reveal threw me a little bit because obviously when it started it was like um kind of getting resident evil vibes but not sure and then the name come up as village and i'm like okay so not resident evil and then they plastered the Resident Evil over yeah. and coloured in the eight. So I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> Clever boys. Clever Intelligence. boys. Yeah, it was the I and the double L, wasn't it, in Village? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that they did that with. It just really, that threw me. Because it, it came up as the Village and then I, I kind of went, oh, it's not Resident Evil. And then the eight came down, just as you said. And I was like, <laughs> it is Resident Evil. Damn, they, they've. 
they've just thrown me all about the place. I don't know how to respond to this, but yeah, I was, I was, I'm going to actually go watch that trailer once this is over because um, <laughs> I love that trailer. Um, and and then that leads us to kind of the um, the whole the penultimate ending of the PlayStation Five announcement. Um, the actual site of the console itself. <laughs> the Wi-Fi router five. Yeah, the Wi-Fi um, router five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I heard um so I'm not a big fan of the design. Um for me, I think they're trying too hard to be the nineties idea of futuristic, if if that makes sense. Yeah. What yeah. people thought twenty twenty would look like back in the nineties. Yes. Um the, the kind it looks of like back to the future. Hard. Yeah. Um but I saw an article earlier today, I think it was, and I only skimmed it um in fact to to be honest, in, in typical me fashion, I read the headline. <laughs> I, did, I didn't read the article. I read the headline. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible for that. Um, but apparently, uh, the console is going to be more customizable than ever. Not not just like in terms of user interface, the actual console. So I think those big um, white plates that we all love so much, um, I think you're going to be able to swap them out. And so the idea okay. of uh, the idea of like the special edition consoles that would come with you know the nathan drake one like you've got for the ps4 you could ju- you could just buy the special edition plates yeah uh, and, and that's okay the, uh... if that's how the console releases then i am a bit more intrigued as uh, you guys probably know i'm a sucker for special edition consoles yeah. i have the nathan drake ps4 i've got the um halo xbox uh, one um rest in peace it died this year um and and you know I, I I like I like to have them. I tend to like the PS4. I I d- didn't pick up on release, so when I was gonna buy one, they had the Nathan Drake collection, and I was just like, sure. I mean, it's basically the same price as the regular one at the moment. So I'm kind of interested if that's the case that I'd be a lot more interested yeah, in buying think... a PS5 early. I'll look into it first, obviously, but buying the PS5 early because of the fact that I'd be able to swap out the plates rather than awaiting. Because I, I do like to have those special edition consoles. Yeah, uh, yeah I, would, I would definitely like double check that because yeah. I, I literally, I just read the headline and it mentioned something about the, it, it was the, it was the VP of UX or something from the, the Sony development team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they, I think the, the actual interface on the console is being revamped, um, and it's going to be more customizable, I believe. But I'm sure there were there was mention of the uh, the actual physical box itself being customizable in some way. Okay, that's and, starting to get interesting. To be fair, uh, so I think it was uh, it was an Instagram post that I saw actually, um, and they had a little like caption, sort of. As an, a, a very quick, like, two-sentence rundown of the idea of what the headline was pointing towards. And uh, it mentioned about how, you know, special editions are now for everyone or something along those lines. So, yeah, it um, does sound like it's heavily implying what you've described. So uh, that's kind of interesting to, to see if that is the angle they're going with. Because yeah. if it is, that is a very good thing. Because... That's the, the key thing that, that sucks with special edition consoles. Like, the only reason I was able to get the Halo one was because I got lucky enough that I bought an Xbox One, uh, so I had the standard Xbox One. But when the Halo one was releasing, 
uh, my partner was looking to buy an Xbox One. So she just decided to buy mine off me for cheap. So she got a perfectly fine Xbox One for a lot cheaper than if she was to go out and buy a new one. And I was able to put that money and some of my own forward to get the limited edition console. Um, I, had she not been interested in buying my console off me in the first place, I probably would never have gone and got the uh, the Halo limited edition. So it definitely makes limited edition consoles a lot more accessible. Yeah. Because people who can't afford to go out and continue buying consoles left, right, and center. That's why I've never bothered. Yeah, because you've always had the console already yeah. before the limited edition comes out. So that's that's uh, that would be a very interesting angle to take. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, yeah. Console customizations been a thing for a long, long time, but it's always been a a DIY Voyager yeah. warranty jobby. You know, so yeah. it's, it's a very niche market of having a modular that... system is the way forward. Yeah, to to not be warranty voiding. Hmm. There we go. Really, um, that is actually really interesting. Especially from someone like me, who's uh, yeah, I'm like I'm really hoping that I haven't misinterpreted the uh, the article and have like just given completely false information. Like I do say, go go check it yourself because I I skimmed it whilst browsing through my Instagram. Yeah, um, which I'll be honest with you all is pure filth. <laughs> um, with, with a little bit of gaming thrown in. Do um, not look at Leechy's Instagram. It so... is not 1% gamer. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely go check that out for yourself. It's like his uh, um... homework folder. Oh, yes. <laughs> you mean his 12 terabyte homework folder, yes? Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Jeez. That's a lot of... Um... Homework. homework. Yeah. <laughs> He's very, very invested in his homework. He puts yeah, appendices on every like single each. thing he does. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so, Moving on. So yeah. So <laughs> I, overall, I um, personally, I was slightly underwhelmed with the PlayStation Five announcement. The console, I think, was the kicker. I just don't think they started off strong. Um, but yeah. it, it's it is what it is. The the proof is always going to be in sales, and let's face it, the cheaper console always tends to win, regardless of the situation. So it's a case of we just wait until sales. Are people going to stick to the brand that they know and love, or is price going to be a huge factor? I've, I've, I've seen some experts in that market are predicting it'll be no more than $499, um, and they'd be basically fools to charge more than that. Yeah, I want to quickly throw a PSA out there um, because it has been a bit of a problem. Um, but people are talking about the, um, the the like the leaked prices of the console being like a thousand pound off. That was just a bad element. No, 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 no. The source is eBay listings and people are taking oh, them serious. Oh, wow. They are scams. Yeah. If you see an eBay listing taking a pre-order for a £1,000 um, PlayStation 5, it is not legit. And I've seen people try and discuss that and try and claim that, you know, oh, this isn't legit, and had responses like, well, I've bought from eBay for years and never had a problem. Uh, it's like, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. They are not legit. Like nobody, nobody is currently selling a PS5 on eBay. Do not believe. 
How ridiculous. Just, just want to throw that out there because I've actually seen some people trying to argue the point that, oh yeah, but it's very hard to get scammed on eBay these days. Don't mean you won't. Just yeah, don't. Exactly. Don't. Do not send someone your money on eBay for a console that's costing upward of a thousand pound before its price has even been released, let alone its actual release date. My God. But um, but yeah. So. A price for me this generation price is going to be a huge factor uh i think yeah. it will be over the 500 pound mark the kind of around 550 dollar mark that's upwards. what i'm thinking I i'm thinking it would be a terrible if they release for more than 600 because the yeah. ps3 tried to release for 600 and it did not go well no and it and dropped that... in price very rapidly yes. um, people were not happy with a 600 pound console release um, and and so Xbox 360 just... did very well off the back of that. Yes. Um, and so I just... I really feel like it's going to have to be below the 600 mark. Mm -hmm. So we, I, we I, I, I'm, I'm saying about 5 to 550 is my estimate. But hey, what the hell do I know? <laughs> um, I kind of... I'd back you up on that easily. I think with the tech that's in both consoles... Um, and the kind of the power going into them as well and you know just down to the aesthetics and so on i'll be surprised if it's less than 500 pounds mm. i really would i so, reckon it's going to be around the 550 to 650 dollar range before we head towards the end as well i've got a, a bit of trivia that i found out recently that i found really interesting about the 360 and the the, the ps3 uh, and stuff like that so um there are many, many reasons, but one of the reasons that the 360 was called the Xbox 360 and not the Xbox 2, um, and it actually makes perfect sense, is because the PS3 would be releasing soon. And if you look at it from a marketing perspective of the majority of people who owned consoles at that time period were children who'd had them bought for them by parents who knew nothing about gaming. Now, let's just say a mum walks into a store trying to buy her 12-year-old son a console for Christmas, trying to, you know, trying to be a, a loving parent, and she sees Xbox 2 and PS3. Which one sounds newer? Yeah. Someone who knows nothing about consoles is going to buy the one with three on it, not the one with two. And, I was, and that sort of realization of, that makes such a good sense that, you wouldn't want your console to be something two if the something three has just come out. It's just coming out soon. Like, so they called it the 360. And it's a bit of trivia that I found really interesting. Obviously, that's not the only reason. There are many reasons why they went with 360. But uh, that, was an, that was an interesting one of just, you don't want your console to sound like the second next to something that's the third for people who know nothing about when they've come out. Just, just one question then. What about the Xbox One? Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they, they sort of went out the window with that one and was just like, yeah. They I tried think... to market it as the ah, oh, it's for everyone. It does everything. It, yeah, it's the that's, one that's console where for the them all. And it's, and, it's not mean, a gaming to, console. It's an yeah. entertainment. Unit. I was gonna say, and to rebuttal that, I will point out that the Xbox One did not sell very well on no, release. It did not. No, it did not. <laughs> Whereas the Xbox 360 did. I think again it's pricing because I'm pretty sure the Xbox One on release was more expensive than the PlayStation it 4. It was because the um a stupid camera thing connect yeah, was mandatory connect. and also drove the price up by 100 pound. Yep. So you had to have it, but it also meant you had a more 100 pound more expensive console. 
big bad. oops. A big oops on their behalf. But um, I think that's more or less it from kind of the PlayStation 5 announcement and, you know, talking about the consoles and so on. Yeah. I think, um, sorry, I had to cough, so muting. Don't want you all to hear that. Don't I mean, worry, I've not mute. got the Rona. It's all good. Uh, so I, I didn't mute for you guys. I muted for the recording. Oh, right. Um, the last thing I think is to focus on is right now it's the 17th of June. We are two days away from the release of The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, I've got it. I'm going to be you playing are the it. Excitement. I am very excited to play this and I've managed to steer away from all of the leaks and everything like that. I'm, I'm just so looking everyone, forward. Okay, post them in the comments. Uh, <laughs> if people manage to get all the way here at 56 minutes and 29 seconds, I will be happy for them to <laughs> leak it for me because no Fair one's going to get here just yet. No. And by the time people do end up getting here, if they ever do, you know, this could be six months down the line where I would have played it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. So, um, so yeah, if you are here... Quick, future viewer, just uh, develop time travel. Come back in time and spoil it in the comments. I would ask that you please, for the love of God, don't spoil it for me. But thank you so much for getting to this point. <laughs> Which you haven't. <laughs> so, so much. And, uh, yeah, and I think, I think that's it. I think... Um, in terms of the podcast, it, it was a it was a good one. So we will kind of leave it there. I'm going to say, um, you know, please watch some of the other videos that I've been putting up and been putting up so much stuff recently, uh, especially around Escape from Tarkov. Same with streaming. Um, I'll post my link below for Mixer for my stream. Please go and have a look there. And, you know, as, as some of these guys start to get on kind of more socials and um, and you know, maybe streaming themselves and stuff like that, then we'll, I'll be posting their links below as well. So please, guys, go check out the description for some of the videos that are coming up. And uh, thank you once again for, for watching. So goodbye, everybody. Have fun, lads. Bye. See ya.